Good morning. We welcome you to Boiling Springs Baptist Church. We are glad that you are here with us for worship today. These flowers that are here in our sanctuary today are given in honor of all of the volunteers that have given of their time, energy, and love to our children's ministry. Ellen has passed along this note. She said she didn't want to list names because she didn't want to leave anybody out, but uh, she and and all of us here at, at Boiling Springs greatly appreciate those who volunteer their time for our children's ministry. Ellen's note says to rest up because fall is coming. And so we greatly appreciate all the volunteers that we have here at our church. Keith has one announcement, and so I'll turn it over to him, and then we will begin our worship. We're glad that you're here with us today. As a part of our 50th anniversary celebration that will commemorate this September, September the 8th, um, we are, I say we, the 50th anniversary planning team along with the staff are planning some special Sundays, Sunday mornings and Sunday evenings. And so this morning is one of those special Sundays. Doug Bryan is on the 50th anniversary planning team and he will be sharing this morning from the perspective of some things in relationship to our church, to our history and also to our future. And so Doug, we welcome you and appreciate you sharing with us this morning. Let us now continue in worship. Thank you. invite you to join me in this prayer as we continue in worship together this morning. Almighty God, we pray for your blessing on the church in this place. Here may the faithful find salvation and the careless be awakened. Here may the doubting find faith 
and the anxious be encouraged. Here may the tempted find help and the sorrowful find comfort. Here may the weary find rest and the strong be renewed. Here may the aged find consolation and the young be inspired. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Our hymn of praise this morning is number 565, God of Past, who by your spirit. 565. If you are able, please stand and join in singing. the children to come forward for lesson on the steps and join us. All right. Look what Miss Ellen has today. What have I got? Candy. Candy. Mm. But what's on my jar? Hearts. What do hearts mean, Will? Hearts mean love. That's right. And look at here. What are these? Hearts. Heart stickers. Who would you give a heart sticker to? I would give a heart sticker. You give us. Your sissy. How sweet. Would she give you a heart sticker? You think so? Mm, I might have to talk to Lila and see what she might say about that. But what I want to know is. 
How does God give you love? Mm. Does he put a sticker on your shirt? He does. He puts a sticker on my shirt in my heart because I love him. Do you love God? When you love God and when you share with somebody else, you're sharing God. You're sharing your heart. Come here, Callan. When you show somebody else that you love them, you tell them in the way you do it that God loves them. The older we get, the more we need to share our love. But when we're little and when we're children, we have to show our love just by loving somebody and being nice. When you see somebody at school that needs a hug, or when you see somebody that need, you might want to pick up their books or help them, you're showing love. And that's the way we do that. Because God says our love to give it away. God loves us so much. What did he do for us? Who did he give us? Did he give us his son? Jesus. That's exactly right. And that was our present. That's right. So when we can help somebody and when we can share our love, when we could give away our heart, then we are telling somebody else that God loves us. So today, see, I have a heart right here. I have a kiss. And that's another way sometimes that we do that. But most of the time, it's just being able to love and care for somebody else. Can we pray? Yes. Okay. We don't have to close our eyes. No, we don't have to close our eyes, but we know we need to be quiet, don't we? Okay. Dear Lord, we thank you for the joy and the love that abounds in these children. It never ends. As they grow in their faith, as they give more than we all understand, it's because you give, Lord, to us and to them all the time. You sit in our heart and on our shoulder and you share your love. Thank you for these special children and the love and joy that they bring to each of us. It's through your son, Jesus. Amen.
Let us join our hearts together as we go to God in prayer. Eternal God of the past, the present, and the future, today we are especially mindful of each of these dimensions of life. The past seems but as yesterday, as we recall the history of your local church called Boiling Springs Baptist. How it began as a dream in the minds of a few and was transformed into a reality that has profoundly influenced and affected the lives of us assembled here and so many others. For the personal commitment and the stewardship of time, energy, talents, and resources of all who have shared in its life, we give you thanks. We thank you too, especially for the memories of people and events connected with the past 50 years in this facility, some joyful, some sad, but all of which are woven into the tapestry of our lives and thus have helped make us who and what we are today. And yes, we thank you for today, for the significance of the 172 years as a congregation in this area and 50 years in this particular building, for the opportunities to renew and strengthen relationships with you and one another and to reaffirm our commitments to both. As we look forward to the rest of our lives in this community of faith, encourage us truly to be receptive to your leadership and guidance in the future, as this congregation has always sought to do. Help us as individuals and as the ones who have covenanted to be Bowling Springs Baptist Church ever to remember that to be alive is to grow and to grow is to change. Keep us faithful to the ties and traditions of the past that sustain, enrich, motivate, and challenge us. But free us from the chains of the past that make us complacent, unwilling to risk, afraid to be vulnerable. Enable us to live by the philosophy that what is past is prologue, so we can face our tomorrows with openness and sensitivity, recognizing that we are responsible to share in the creation of our own and of our church's future. May we rededicate ourselves to live in all of our relationships according to the spirit and teachings of Jesus, to attend faithfully the services of worship, to contribute as able to its support and to its benevolences, and to share as able in its organized work. For we ask these things in the name of the one who calls to each one of us to follow in the way of Jesus, our example, our friend, and our Lord. Amen. Now I invite you to open to the back cover of the hymnal as we join together in singing Candles of Witness. If you are able, please stand.
Let us pray. Dear God, I pray that you would forgive our sins. I pray for all those who have lost loved ones. I pray you would give them comfort and peace. Thank you for life and all the blessings you have given me in this church body. I pray that we would give back a portion of our time, talents, and money to further your kingdom's work. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. able, would you please stand for the reading of scripture? I will be reading two passages. The first is Matthew 16, 13 through 18. Now when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do men say that the son of man is? And they said, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church and the powers of death shall not prevail against it. <clears throat> the second passage is Ephesians 4, one through seven. I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of the calling to which you have been called with all lowliness and meekness, with patience, forbearing one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of us all who is above all and through all and in all. 
but grace was given to each of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. to begin by expressing a word of gratitude to our pastor for extending me this invitation to speak to you and I have just been overwhelmed by the beauty of the music and I want to thank the choir the handbell choir the guest musicians and especially uh, the special music of find us faithful that is one of my favorites and I know that candy uh, and Roger worked very hard to create the right arrangement for, for, for that this morning. And so I do thank you very, very much. And I'm very much aware of the sacredness of this time together. For over uh, 35 years, I have learned to speak time-wise in two frames. I can teach a Monday, Wednesday, Friday class that lasts for 50 minutes. Or I could do a Tuesday, Thursday class that would last for 75 minutes, but I am aware today is Sunday. <laughs> uh, but I do want to thank you uh, very, very much for this opportunity that I do consider to be very sacred. I want to talk for a moment about the word food. Food provides us a great taste but also food provides us with great memories. You may have a special memory from someone in your family. Perhaps it is your grandmother's brownies. 
Perhaps it's an aunt who, who makes a special jelly or an uncle with a special barbecue. And some of us become noted for our recipes that we enjoy and the recipes that we share. In the Kerygma Sunday School class, the tradition was when Jack Partain was with us, he would bring a Brunswick stew to many of our gatherings. And his son Will, with his mother, continues to bring Brunswick stew uh, to our gatherings. Not that he needs to make it this particular Friday night, Will, but it's up to you. <laughs> and not all recipes are about food. There are recipes that you can find in books and on the internet and social media, recipes that will talk about how you can achieve college success from your bedroom through online learning. You can find recipes for good marriages. You can find recipes for rearing children, for business success and how to influence people. The world wants to give you a formula. The world wants to give you a recipe for achieving whatever it is that you want. Chemists have, prepared, have analyzed the universe as we know it. And you all remember the periodic chart in the scientific lab that you probably experienced in high school and college with all of the known elements and you had to learn formulas. I still remember the moment in sixth grade when our teacher gave us a list of, I think it was 12 to 15 formulas and I had one night to remember it. And I still remember, I think it's salt, it's N-A-C-L, I'll have to look at Melissa to see if that's right and that, gluc that a type of sugar is C6H12O6. Hydrogen peroxide, I think, is H2O2, and that's where I'll stop with hydrogen peroxide. <laughs> but scientists have also done exploration into what makes us uniquely human, what makes us who we are. I borrowed uh, from Gardner-Webb, with permission, a model from their science lab of a DNA. Now DNA stands for wait a minute, deoxyribonucleic acid, forgive me. Uh, and that is basically the building blocks of heredity. We have in human life 23 pairs of chromosomes that come together from father and mother and create a unique individual. And so we have today very popular kits where you can take a few swabs, put it in an envelope, send it off, and you can discover much about your ancestry much about the, the uh, commonality of places in the world where you, uh, your family originated, or sometimes you might discover things about your health, things about uh, you might want to watch and to be aware of. In a recent uh, discussion that we had in a small group meeting, uh, my friend Roger Humphrey and I told him he was providing something of the inspiration for this. So again, if you, if you like the message, please speak with me, but if not, please speak with Roger. Uh, <laughs> he can handle that. And so the message is 23 and BSBC. What is it about us that makes us different? What is it that makes us different from other churches around us? Now, we all have a similarity. We are like churches in, in many, many ways that you find uh, across the world. In June read for us Matthew 16, uh, verses 13 through 18, where Jesus asked the question, who do you say that I am? And uh, several answers were given. But Simon Peter would say, you are the Christ, Jesus the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus acknowledged this is right. And it's upon that confession of faith that we build the church. And so churches have the commonality that they are following the Lordship and leadership of Christ, and that they seek to proclaim it. But what, makes it, what, what, but what makes us so different, perhaps, than other churches? Well, it's our DNA analysis. 
that we look at. What is the DNA analysis of Boiling Springs Baptist Church? And so on the screen, you have little DNA sitting there beside you, or actually you're sitting there, uh, each unique. But I want to offer you this morning three words that I think depict the uniqueness and the character of Boiling Springs Baptist Church. And these are three characteristics that I'm very proud of, that I am very passionate about, and I want you to be passionate about it as well. As we look at our history, as we look at this moment, and even as we look toward the future. And the first is the letter D. We are a diverse people. We are a place of diversity. We are a place where different people associate together for the common good. We have different thoughts. We have different personalities. We have different perspectives. We have different socioeconomic classes. We have different education. We have different family backgrounds. We have different places of origin. We have all of those, and sometimes it's all in one person, that was supposed to be a joke there. Um, all right, work with me a little bit now. Okay, but we are a very different people. We are a church that ordains both men and women to serve as deacons. We are a church that ordains men and women to uh, the gospel ministry. We have celebrations in this Baptist church. We celebrate Advent. And we celebrate the one that to me is so special, and I know it is to some of you. We celebrate the Broughton Christmas dinner. We are unique. We have many traditions, many practices that make us unique. But this is the place where you can have differing opinions and perspectives, and somehow you can greet the other person on the other side of the aisle. You can grasp hands, you can work together for the common good. And I believe that this diversity is critical in today's world, just as it was critical in the world of Jesus, because Jesus himself would call diverse people to be his followers. He would call a highly educated man, Nicodemus. He would call someone who was a political appointee, a tax collector, the IRS, named Zacchaeus. He called middle-class business owners, Peter and Andrew. He would call sisters, Mary and Martha. He would call outcast, the woman at the well. Jesus called many different people he even called, and perhaps his last call on earth, was to a criminal, the thief who was beside him on the cross. Jesus called people who are diverse. Why is that important to us? Because diversity helps us to see and understand God better. Each of us has a view, a perspective, a set of experiences, and we can each give a genuine testimony of our understanding of how God has worked in our lives and God will work, and we can share that. We do not need to be afraid of being diverse. What we must do as Baptists and as Christians here is to be open to people who think differently. Let the Holy Spirit be the one to convict, to judge if necessary, to bring about change in individuals' lives, just as Jesus would bring about change in our own life. We are not called to be a judge and a jury, but we are called to be disciples, followers of the way, who together have open arms and hearts to all those around us. Together, we may very well understand the kingdom of God and the Savior much more better if we work together. It's often said that the poor often see a better vision of God than anyone else. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who are humble. Blessed are those whose dependence is for God alone. 
perhaps they see God much closer. And we are very diverse for being in this part of North Carolina. I have discovered, and this is true in South Carolina as well, the place of my growing up, that you have a church on every street corner. You have a church at the end of any country road. Churches began where people settled together. They began with extended families who would intermarry. They would begin with new work locations. And sometimes they would even begin with church division. So we are not unique in, in diversity, but diversity is a very important characteristic of ours. You probably have heard the expression that a person may not read the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I think that's probably very familiar to you. But they will read the Gospel according to you how you have led your life, how you have interpreted and lived out the good news. But I would offer you this as well. There is, a, there is the good news of Jesus Christ as proclaimed by Boiling Springs Baptist Church. We too are presenters of the gospel. How we interact with our community, how we interact with each other is a testament to God's redemptive power and his focus. Desmond Tutu, a noted uh, African uh, Anglican uh, church leader in South Africa said, isn't it amazing that we are all made in God's image and yet there's so much diversity. In the book of Revelation, we'll talk about how many from every tribe, nation, and people will come together and stand before God. I suspect that there's much more diversity in heaven than we might first think. Diversity, our first characteristic. The second characteristic is neighborliness. As I observed over the last 17 years, this is a community that responds to, it, to the need of each other. We have members in our church who are part of, the t of town government. We have those that do public service in the public school system. We have those individuals who, who provide so much for our community. We are with people in times of crisis. We respond. A pastor would only have to and has made an announcement, the food pantry is empty. People are in need of food. And then the next morning, you can't walk in the church through the hallways because you're having to dodge all the bags of food that had been brought in. We respond very well to those people in need. And also, we respond to the world. We, you and others have gone to mission trips to, uh, I think, differing parts of the United States, Wisconsin, the uh, Native American Indian uh, residences, establishments there. We have gone to Guatemala and are going. We have been to India, uh, Romania. We've been to different parts of the world because we realize they are our neighbors too. And each week, countless bags of food are given week by week to those in need. People week by week are visited by members of this church in nursing homes and in uh, their homebound situations. We minister to the church within these walls and those without. Galatians 6.10 by Paul talks about when we have the opportunity, we should not cease from doing that which is good. So in our DNA, we have diversity, we have neighborliness, and A, we have autonomy. And autonomy in this case means self-rule, self-governance. It's the belief that we have the ability and the responsibility to think for ourselves, to act for ourselves, to become informed, to seek out the very best sources of information that we can, and that we hold no doctrinal statement that any outside group 
can impose upon us. The Southern Baptist Convention, the Cooperative Baptist Fellowship, the North Carolina Baptists, the uh, CBF of North Carolina, the Cleveland County, uh, Greater Cleveland County Association, they have no doctrinal control over us. We participate, sometimes we're allowed to and sometimes we may not be allowed to, but we are responsible for ourselves, for the, for the ways we think and respond and as we interpret the prompting of the Holy Spirit. We are each held responsible. Paul writes that each of us must give an accountable nature, an accountability uh, of ourselves to God. And that we seek the counsel of each other as we try to discover God's will, God's purpose, God's intent. Proverbs talks about that how important is the counsel of many in our decision-making process. And you may be thinking, well, diversity, neighborliness, autonomy, how can we put all that together? Because that is a struggle. That is an incredible struggle. Being Baptist is a terrible struggle. It's a wonderful opportunity, but it's not easy being Baptist because we must be respectful and mindful of the opinions, the personality, that we cannot discriminate and to whom we show love. A friend of mine from the number of years that I was in Texas was an English professor, and she was a very active uh, member of her uh, local Methodist church. Now, I remember in a meeting, she said, well, Doug, I just can't become Baptist. I don't have the energy. I can't go to all those meetings and do all of those things that you all do. And there's a, there is perhaps some truth to that. And also, it is a struggle sometimes to find the way. Narrow is the way if we're going to follow Jesus. Now, our DNA can change over time. There are mutations that can occur. Hopefully that Boiling Springs Baptist Church as a living organism will respond and change as it needs to with the uh, challenges that face us. However, let me say these three qualities, our diversity, our neighborliness, and our autonomy are things we cannot afford to sacrifice. We have to work to preserve the diversity by being open to all people and helping all people to become what they are created in God to be. We are to facilitate their God-given potentiality and not to be afraid of it. Another person's diversity is not something that I should fear. We are all created in the image of God. We have all fallen in our relationships, but we were created to be in relationship with God and one another. And we must respect and do everything within our power to maintain those relationships. Noted Catholic theologian of the 13th century, Thomas Aquinas, prolific writer said, we must love them both, those whom we agree and those with whom we disagree. For both have labored in the search of truth and both have helped in binding of it. We need each other. We need to continue to be a neighbor, a good neighbor to our community and to our world. Because we are composed in many cases of extended families and created friendship groups, we must continue to welcome the stranger, welcome the newcomer, integrate them into the daily life we lead. We're very good in crisis, but our challenge is not only to be friendly, but also to be a friend day by day. And we must preserve our autonomy, our self-governance, by encouraging people to think for themselves, to be honest, and to listen to each other. But also, we have to be willing to put aside 
our own individual preferences for the common good, for the unity of the body, always remembering there is one faith, one Lord, one baptism. I gave the illustration this morning about a recipe that I moved into with the DNA. And sometimes these are passed down uh, in families or shared with friends. But what is the recipe for keeping this all together? This past week, someone asked me, well, how can you keep such a diverse group of people together? And I said to this person, there's really one simple answer. It's love. We must have a love that is not just affectionate, that's not emotional, but a love for each other that sacrifices and serves, that puts the love of the family first. As we celebrate 50 years in this building and hopefully another 50 years in this building, hopefully with additions and all of that, if we forget love, we have lost everything that we are called to be. Some of you know that in certain families, it's hard to keep them all together. It's hard to keep everybody um, in line, perhaps, or in harmony. June Hobbs has a very famous uh, story that she tells periodically in our Sunday school class that in her family in Texas, may I share this story? May I continue to share this story? <laughs> And the story is that sometimes discussion gets very, very heated and very diverse. And so June has learned, because this is a Texas-based family, if the, if the situation is getting too tense, she utters the phrase, well, what about them cowboys? <laughs> Somehow the Dallas Cowboys can unite a group in Texas more than anything else can with a commonality. And so let me say that let's, when we are divided, we don't need to say, how about them cowboys? What we need to say is what about Jesus? What about God? And what about the Holy Spirit? That is our unity. And that is how we can be diverse and different and open and caring and led by God's Spirit. Today we're coming to a, the close. In a moment uh, we will uh, have our open invitation. But I want to read to you, and we're actually going to use it as our closing benediction. But the words of Paul from Ephesians. Paul is writing to a church that is diverse a church where there is success, but a church also that could be vulnerable. And he says, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of the calling to which you've been called. And with all lowliness and meekness, with patience, forbearing one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body, one Spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to you, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, the Father of, of us all, who above all things, all and in all. But grace was given to each of us according to Christ's gift. Our life is a grace. We're now going to have our time of invitation where grace is extended to you. If there are decisions that you need to make and want to make them publicly, this is your opportunity. Our pastor will come down, will be in the front to greet you, to pray with you, and to give you direction. It may be for someone the first time to accept Jesus as Lord and Savior. It could be for someone who is so excited about the possibilities 
of being at Boiling Springs Baptist Church that they want to formally join us. We welcome you. We welcome you to join the joy and the struggles of this community of faith. Perhaps someone is seeking answers to questions that they have, directions that are needed. But let us sing now and, and open ourselves to God's Holy Spirit. benediction, I'd like for us to read in unison the passage from uh, Ephesians. If you would read with me, please. I, therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of the calling to which you have been called with all lowliness and meekness, with patience, forbearing one another in love eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit and one Spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father, Saul, who is above all, through all, and in all. Amen. Go in peace. Thank you.